Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Chesh. Fava Bogo. That's Polish for glory to God. See, I learn these languages. Right, can everyone hear me? Can everyone see me? You lucky people. You lucky people. I need Jesus more than anything. Right now, I need him so much. I'm going to pray really hard. Jesus, I need you. Come, let's lift his name up. Father, I need you more than anything, Lord. I need you more than the air I breathe. Father, we need to hear your voice this morning. Jesus, you are good. You are so good. Oh, God, you are wonderful. (sighs) Speak through me today, almighty God. May people not see me, but see you, Lord. Hear you, God. Father, we want to lift your name up here with voice and chanting and singing, Lord, because your voice is worthy of all our praise. So church with me, give me a J. J J-A-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-
but we can have the joy of the Lord. In everything we do, he is so, so good. He is so good. So good. We're going to turn to the book of Leviticus this morning in chapter 14. Leviticus. When you come to faith, you know the goodness of Jesus, and then you start reading Old Testament scripture, you think, what is going on here? You think, what is all that about? But um, the more you get to know the holiness of Jesus, the more you know the holiness of our Father in heaven and how holy his throne room is, these scriptures come alive. And in our walk as Christians, as we read the Bible more and more, all these years, God speaks in every word in this Bible. From the imagery and the the confusion imagery of the revelation, which comes alive over a period of time, to these rules and regulations in Leviticus, God speaks. God speaks. And even in the first sentence, we're going to read from verse 33. God speaks. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron. So sometimes we flick over these words about the the sacrifices, the hyssop, and we think, what is God speaking about? But God is speaking. The Lord said. So we need to take it seriously and and not discard it totally. We need to ask God, what is this, Lord? What are you trying to tell us today? So we need to know what God's telling us today. And we've been speaking about holiness This morning, a pure heart. And this morning is about getting rid of the junk. Allowing the space so God can come into your heart and fill that. So you know more of his holiness. So reading from verse 33. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron and us today. When you enter the land of Canaan, which I'm giving you as your possession. And I put a spreading mildew in a house in that land. The owner of the house must go and tell the priest. I have seen something that looks like mildew in my house. The priest is to order the house to be emptied before he goes in to examine the mildew. So that nothing in the house will be pronounced unclean. After this, the priest is to go in and inspect the house. He is to examine the mildew on the walls. And if it has greenish or reddish depressions that appear to be deeper than the surface of the wall... The priest shall go out of the door of the house and close it up for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest shall return to inspect the house. If the mildew has spread on the walls, he is to order that the contaminated stones be torn out and thrown into an unclean place outside the town. He must have all the inside walls of the house scraped and the material that is scraped off dumped into an unclean place outside the town. Then they are to take other stones to replace these and take new clay and plaster the house. If the mildew reappears in the house after the stones have been torn out and the house scraped and plastered, the priest is to go and examine it. And if the mildew has spread in the house, it is a destructive mildew. The house is unclean. It must be torn down, its stones, timbers and all the plaster and taken out of the town to an unclean place. Anyone who goes into the house while it's closed up will be unclean till evening. 
Anyone who sleeps or eats in the house must wash his clothes. But if the priest comes to examine it and the mildew has not spread after the house has been plastered, he shall pronounce the house clean because the mildew is gone. To purify the house, he is to take two birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn and hyssop. He shall kill one of the birds over fresh water in a clay pot. Then he is to take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet yarn and the live bird, dip them into the blood of the dead bird and the fresh water and sprinkle the house seven times. He shall purify the house with the bird's blood, the fresh water, the live bird, the cedar wood, the hyssop and the scarlet yarn. Then he is to release the live bird in the open fields outside the town. In this way, he will make atonement for the house and it will be clean. Amen. That grabbed everyone there. Sorry, Danny. What a, a, this is incredible how God gave me this. He gave me it only two weeks ago, this passage. And um, we're in the middle of reconstruction work two in our house. Have you got photos of one or two? And it's funny how this has come at the same time. I was reading this passage and um, there might be a photo of our house coming up. But we're doing reconstruction work in our house as well. And it's just like, there we are, the scaffolds up outside the back of our house. And um, it's just how God works. He was speaking to me while we're in the middle of a reconstruction project in our house. So today I'm going to use building analogy from what we're doing really to what the passage is telling us. Is that okay? Yeah? So what I want to talk about is the holiness of God. Imagine standing in front of God in heaven. Who can stand it? He's holy. Purity. How can we stand? If, if I was in front of God now, there's nothing I can do but just be prostrate on the ground, is there, and just flat face on the ground. The presence of God will knock you over. You would die in the presence of God. That's how holy he is. He's holy. And the more we realize the holiness of God, the enormity of the word grace gets bigger. The grace word is so big. We can use grace cheaply sometimes to carry on sinning, God's grace. To carry on sinning, God's grace. But when you get holiness, it's a once big change. It's like the grace is so huge. The grace of God is so huge. You know, he chose his people, Israel, out of slavery from Egypt. He called them apart. And holy is to be set apart. He called them out of Egypt to be set apart, to be a people, to live a holy life. He called them holy life, yeah? Exodus 20, the first commandment. God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of slavery, out of Egypt. Because they were enslaved to the, the, the life of Egypt, wasn't it? They were embodied, they were in, stuck in that way. But God heard the groaning and says, right, I'm going to call my people out and make them a holy nation. And that's what he's calling us as Christians today. He's calling us to be set apart, set apart from this world to be a holy people for him. To live a life holy and pleasing to him. He calls us to be holy people. And we need to examine our hearts and our lives 
to make room for him, as we said, to make room in our hearts for him, the more we get rid of the junk, we can allow God to come into our hearts and to become this holy people. We're to be set apart, to be set apart. But we know, as we read at the end of the scripture, that it's a blood. It's the trade of blood and alive animal that makes us enter and purify us. And it's the blood of Jesus that enables us now to walk into the presence of God every day. And, and being holy is, a, is, is, is daily. It's a daily act. Jesus became sin for us. In Romans 6, 17 to 18. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted of the world. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. But though the people were slaves in Egypt, God set them free to become slaves to righteousness. And that's what we are. We need to be slaves to righteousness. We want to be yoked and to desire God's will. We need to be hungry and thirsty for him. In love with him. I want to please him. And God sent Jesus. See, when we see the personality of Jesus Christ, we see a wonderful man. I want to be like Jesus. He's so cool. He's got a lot of power as well. (laughs) And we can have that same power. Jesus is beautiful. He is beautiful. You've got to know him. You know, in the Bibles where there's red letters, in the, in, you might some of their Bibles where Jesus speaks, it's red. Read those red bits. Because if it's an electricity bill and it's red, you read it. That's important. Read the red stuff. Just get to know Jesus. Because it explains and you think you fall in love with him. Then you want to do his will. You want to make room for your heart. You want to get rid of the stuff in your life that's stopping Jesus having first place in your heart. He's got the best plans for your life. He wants every one of you to go out there and preach the gospel (laughs) in your workplaces. He wants to empower you with his Holy Spirit. He's so amazing. We're to be set apart. Holy is to be set apart. Slaves to righteousness. And in this passage we just read, it shows God's holiness. These rules and regulations for his people show what he wants his people to do to maintain holiness. Who's God to live in a moldy house? You know, he allows the mold into the house. I want you to do something about it. I don't want to be living in a moldy house. You've got to get rid of it. There's no mold in heaven. The throne room hasn't got damp problems. You know, it hasn't. There's no DPC courses in heaven. There's no woodworm treatment going on in heaven. It's pure. It's pure. I'm ringing up in a company this week. They've got to come out and spray all our wood because there's woodworm. I want my house perfect for God. So I'm going to treat the woods and I'm going to make it a holy place for him. He deserves not to have woodworm in my rafters. You know, um, in Numbers 35:34, it says, Do not defile the land where you live. And where I dwell, for I, the Lord, dwell among you. He wants to dwell amongst us. 
is still the same. Jesus wants to dwell and live in you, in your homes, and everywhere you go. And we need to do stuff. We need to act on it. We need to survey our lives. And when you come to do building surveying and things like this, you survey. So point one is to survey your life, your homes, and what you're doing if you want to God to be holy in your in your heart. And as I said, we're we're doing work in our house. And um, I didn't ring Pastor Philip and said, Pastor Phil, we've got a damp problem in our house. Because verse 33 of the passage says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When you enter the land of Canaan, which I'm giving you as your possession, and I put a spreading mold in a house in that land, the owner of the house must go and tell the priest, Pastor Phil, I've got a damp problem in my house. If we all did that, he wouldn't be doing much pastoral work. He'd be going around our houses doing beer and surveying. We don't have to do that now. This is Old Covenant. This is Old Testament. But we still need to do action. Um, verse 36, the priest is to order the house to be emptied before he goes in to examine the mold so that nothing in the house will be pronounced unclean. So this just shows, when there's mold, you see, growing it, 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 mold is a dangerous substance, you know. It's subtle. It starts very small, but then it grows, then it infects, then it contaminates. It's an analogy of sin. This is what God's talking about. He wants to be holy amongst his people. But in your homes, he wants to mild you out. He wants to damp out. He wants to live in your home. What is the damp and the mildew in our lives today? Set apart to be holy. God is interested. He said to God permits the mold. That's strange, isn't it? But God, it's your fault. You permitted the mold. You permitted the mold. But what God permits everything. God permitted the weather patterns that caused the damp in our society. But God's interested in what you're going to do about it. How are you going to maintain your work to be holy, to accommodate him? The Israelites had this damn problem going on, but they had to do something to keep the space holy for God. You know, God wants to live in the land that's holy. He wants to be in your homes, in your bodies, in everything you do. What are you going to do? Isaiah 66.1. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Who wants to build a home for God? Who wants to have their homes as a home for God? Who wants to raise their children up in a home where God is worshipped? Where you're looking at what's coming into your home. What are you watching? What are you seeing? What are you listening to? What language is being used? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to cleanse your house? You've got to be cleansed. I want to see the glory of God in this building so much. I want this temple filled with his presence. I want to see gold flow through this building. I want to see angels. But you know what? The Lord told me. There's a big cauldron upstairs in heaven waiting to be poured out on this building. Hot oil ready to be poured out. But God says, I want to work on hearts. He wants to work on hearts. And I was blessed this morning when Pastor Phil mentioned hearts. 
Because that's what God told me. He says he wants to work on people's hearts now. Because one church, one voice, one song. We sing it so many times. Once all these cries go up in unity, oil is going to be poured out. We're going to see the glory of God like we've never seen before. Because who can stand the presence and the holiness of God? We've seen it. We've tasted the glory of God. We've tasted the glory of God. We've seen some wonderful miracles here. People may say, but how can new believers come in and be that one voice if they're not on that same part of the journey? Well, they'll come in and they'll hit the presence of God and they'll fall on their floor in in repentance straight away. They will know that God is in this place. You'll know it. I spoke to a pastor last year who went to the Brownsville Revival back in the States 20 years ago. And he's a man of God. He's full of the Spirit. But even he said when he walked into that building where the revival was taking place, he was prostrate on the ground. The presence and the holiness of God's presence was so thick, he couldn't stand. He says, well, I was repenting sin I never knew I had, he said. So what is the mold and the damp that we're permitting in our homes? God is permitting it. He's giving you the choice to permit what comes through your TV what music you're listening to, what idols are on the bookshelf. This is the damp and the mold today because it will spread. It will start to spread. But it's a bit excessive, some people will say, isn't it? Getting rid of your CD collection that you shouldn't be listening to, or your DVD collection. It's a bit excessive. But God is radical. He says those contaminated stones, get them out. Take them far away out of my sight. That's what he says. If that music's not good for you and it's from the world and it contains language, you, sh- you know you shouldn't be having because the Holy Spirit's convicting you. And you know it. And that DVD collection, that nice proud DVD collection you had before you as a Christian, you know it. We've all had them. And that, that time comes when you know you've got to get rid of it. Oh, but it cost me 200 pounds. I don't care, says the Lord. Get rid of it. I'll take it to the charity shop. No, don't infect someone else's life. Get rid of it. You know? That's what he says. You've got to get rid of stuff. It's costly. It is costly. We've had those decisions, haven't we, with our music sometimes. Oh, it's harmless. A bit of Dido, a bit of cause. You know what kind of music I was into before I was a Christian? Bit of Whitney. She used to be a gospel singer in the church. But they all had to go. Because I wanted to make room for the presence of God in my life. I wanted to be my song to be for him all the time. The one who paid it on the cross. I thank God for the singers and that, but they, they didn't do anything for me. Why would I want to sing songs for them? Jesus done it all. My song is for him. I want my house filled with his presence. I need to control that TV bus and what comes out of that screen. All oh, those programs, when they use the name of our precious Jesus in that way, it cuts me every time. You've got to make a decision. Cut the damp out. Get it out of town. Get out. <laughs> That's what you've got to do. Because also, when you, your home, when you invite people in, they too could be contaminated. They can see what you're listening to, what you're doing. Can they feel the atmosphere of God in your home? 
your visitors too will be infected by Holy Spirit or the other. You've got to make choices for your home. I want people to come into my home and and be saved. (laughs) I want people to come into my home and say, the presence of God is in your home. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says, make that your your statement today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Verses 36 to 38. The priest is toward the house to be emptied before he goes in to examine the mold, that nothing in the house will be pronounced unclean. After this, the priest is to go in and inspect the house. He is to examine the mold, and if it has greenish or reddish depressions that appear to be deeper than the surface of the wall, the priest shall go out of the doorway of the house and close it up for seven days. Close the house. No one's allowed in. There's contamination in the house. Holy people, keep out. If you go in there, it will contaminate you. We need to be careful who we're hanging around with, whose houses we visit sometimes. We are washed in the blood of Jesus. We are purified by him. But the time we spend with people, all the time in this can affect us. We have to be careful whose houses we go into sometimes. And where we're spending all our time, it will infect us. We need to keep out sometimes. He's put it up. God says, do not enter. You are a holy people. You're set apart. You don't need to go to the disco no more. You don't need to go to drinking anymore. Keep away from those clubs. Keep out. You're a holy people. God is strict because he loves you. He doesn't want you incontaminated. Oh, he's so good. He's got a great plan for your life. The world's calling you, but God is too calling you and telling you to be radical. Say, come on. Don't go in. Don't go in. We have that urge sometimes to go out. When I was first saved and I actually went ballroom dancing for a while because I thought it was a safer option. (laughs) Stop going to the pubs and go ballroom dancing. And uh, so I tried to sort of cut things out slowly. And it was good for a while. It was good for a while. But then that too had to go uh, because ballroom dancing can be dangerous as well. (laughs) I never meant to say that. <laughs> Praise God. Ballroom dancing. You want to see a bit of cha-cha-cha? Right. I was good. I was good. I really was. It was a temptation in the end to, but I had to cut it. I had to put, that was my, can I be honest, that was one of my first real prayers to God. I came to a fork in the road at that point. I said, God, do you want me to choose this or this? And he told me to cut it. Cut it. Because God is strong like that, isn't he? Jesus himself said, didn't he? In Matthew 5, 29 to 30. Matthew 5, 29 to 30. Talking about entering heaven. Um, let's see it come up on the screen. Matthew 5, 20. Yeah. If your right eye causes you to sin... Gouge it out. Throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. God is saying the same thing from Leviticus right through. Cut it out. 
cut it out. I don't want people coming out here with eyeballs now, please. You know, we don't want that. But the severity of it, if, if your eye is the temptation, you've just got to cut out the temptation. You know, the affair didn't start in the hotel room. It started at the water cooler or in the kitchen or whatever, or giving an innocent lift home to someone. We need to cut temptation out. Don't let it infect you. Don't let it infect you. I plore for marriages here. I really do. Strong marriages in this church. There are some wonderful leaders in marriages here. And I acknowledge and I honour those who are fighting hard in their marriages. Don't let sin in. And it takes one of you to let open the door slightly. And the devil, he's so cunning. But be alert. Because he prowls around like a roaring lion. But he's not a lion. He's just a little thing under your foot. But he's cunning. Don't open the door. Always pay compliments to one another, husband and wives, please. Because if you don't, someone else will. If you don't say I love you to your wife, someone else will. My wife's so good at that. She's always telling me how great I am. (laughs) So no one else can. I thank God for her, really. 11 years and... It's because of a godly woman that I'm here today. It's her prayer. And I thank God. So protect your marriages, people, please. With everything you have. Build your homes, people. Protect your homes, your lives, your children. With God. And this chapter, isn't it? We've just been, it's about defiling molds, which is the sin. Cut it out. Don't let it come into your home and penetrate your house. We were talking about the nature of mould, how it's sometimes hidden. We've been living in our house for 10 years. And in the last few years, we suddenly start to see bits of mould and cracks appear. But when we moved in, it was beautiful. The house looked really nice. Because when we come to sell our houses or rent our houses out, we give it a lick of paint. We add 10 grand on the asking price by painting, don't we? We know there's problems behind the wall, but we paint over it, don't we? Oh, he's done that. Yes, we know. And when you even come to buying a house, you go around and see a house, don't you? And you think, well, that's a beautiful house. But, you, oh, but then you send the surveyor around, he's tapping the walls. He knows behind there is problems. And in our house, over the years, the mould started to grow. The mould started to grow on the ceilings. Is, is there any other photos? Here we are. This is our bedroom. As you can see, the kids have been round. <laughs> Lily's not done the dusting again. This is our home. This was mould infested. Mould was on the walls and the ceilings. You had to rip it off. And as we went deeper, the problem was deeper. It's not on the surface. It's hidden. You have to get into it. You have to get into the whole problem. And it causes dust, it causes mess. So when you're getting rid of stuff in your life, it's confusion, it's a mess. Sometimes things are messy. And have we got the photo three? No? Okay, photo three was a picture of a skip. Maybe not an exciting photograph to see. But our house is in that skip. All right. Three skips we've had now. Of broken roof tiles, plaster, mould, timber, damp, everything. And I'm looking at that skip and I'm saying, get out of town to an unclean place out of Cambridge. (laughs) 
Because that's what God's saying, isn't he? He says, get rid of the stones. Put them in a skip. Get rid of them. Get out of sight. Get away from my home. That's what God's saying. Get rid of the sin in your life. Get it out. Get it out. I was going to have that picture of the skip there so you can all look at that skip and think, right, I'm going to throw my depression in there. I'm going to throw my anxiety. I'm going to throw all my sin in that skip and get it out in Jesus' name. He wants to do work in you. You've got to throw it in the skip. Let him take it out of town. Get out of my sight, skip. Plaster, go. Mold, go in Jesus' name. I want my house clean. I want my house rebuilt properly. No damp. Beautiful, so I can welcome God's presence in there. You know, and we sometimes we, when we discover sin, sometimes we paper over it. We paper over the cracks. It's quite a football analogy as well, where you know they paper over the cracks as a problem, but they just they get they blag their way through it. And perhaps some of us, you know, we we come to church and we we've got plaster on, cover the cracks behind us. You know, God wants to get into there, rip the plaster off and say, come on, let me do work in you. Let me change you, child. Let's get rid of the sin. Get rid of it. Let me do a work in you. He wants to make you pure. He wants to make you pure. And it's costly. As I said, it is costly. When all that bricks and rubble are off there and, you know, it's not cheap, actually. It's not a couple hundred pounds. It's a bit more than that. The skips are a rip-off, let alone, you know. Um, but that's not cheap exercise. It's costly. In this passage we read, the Lord talks about the stones. Get rid of the contaminated stones. Get them out of town. Natural stones an expensive material. I've worked in it for 30 years in the industry now. It's expensive because there's only a limited supply. You don't buy it off a shelf. It's in the ground. And once the ground's run up, it's run out. It's a costly material. But when God said here, get rid of the stones. The Israelites weren't saying, well, Lord, but this, this cost me £100, this stone, Lord. No, get rid of it. Have a new one. But it's costly. I ain't got the money for that. Get rid of it. Don't count the cost. Don't count the cost. There's nothing that even compares to the cost of trying to live a holy life for the Lord. Nothing even comparison to that. Oh, the skip's there. Look at that. That's our house in that skip. Beautiful roof, two roof tiles. When the plaster came down, we saw daylight through the roof tiles because we're exposing the problem, you see. When you get behind it, you see the problem. So in that skip now, just throw all your, all your anxiety or whatever it is, get in that skip and take it out of town. And don't come back to my house. That's what you've got to do. Lord, I give you it all. Get it out of my sight, Lord, to an unclean place out of Cambridge. That's what you've got to do. So don't count the cost of your CDs and your DVDs, please. There's no cost for living for Jesus. There's no cost comparison. Don't take it to the charity shop. Take it to the bottom of the skip and get rid of it, out of sight. And sometimes we need to rebuild our homes. As we said, as I said, we, as we expose more and more problems, it's more like a rebuild project now in our home. A new roof, 
you know, new walls here and there as well. Because the problem was deeper. The problem was deeper. Because we plastered over the problems when they came to rent it to us. Let's go to verse 43 in the passage. Talking about the mold in the house. If the defiling mold reappears in the house after the stones have been torn out and the house scraped and plastered, the priest is to go and examine it. And if the mold has spread in the house, it is a persistent defiling mold. The house is unclean. It must be torn down. It's stones, timbers, and all the plaster and taken out of town to an unclean place. We need to rebuild. We need to build with stronger materials. And my journey with the Lord, I've been a Christian about 13 years now, 12 to 13 years, and it's been a process. I repent of certain stuff I knew I had. But as you're going on, as you're going on with the Lord, he will reveal to you more. And you think, I'd forgotten about that, Lord. Because it was deeper. And then you have to release that again. You are saved. You are walking with Christ. But you sing this, we sing the songs, don't we? Purify my heart. Refine me like gold, Lord. You know the song. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold. And precious silver, purify my heart. Let me be as gold, pure gold. Refine as fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy. Set apart for you, Lord, I choose to be holy. Set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will. We sing the songs. And as you're walking with Jesus more and more, and you see the passages of the Bible saying a pure and contrite heart is what God wants. You desire it. You want it. You get rid of the sin. You get rid of the stuff you're reading. And as you're being purified like gold, when gold's purified, all the rubbish comes to the surface. And you've got to get rid of it. And it's a process. So today there'd be some stuff maybe going on right now. And you think, I've got to get rid of this. Lord, I want to be purified for you. It's a process. So don't be um, worried about that. It's part of the process. He's doing a work in you. He's doing a work in you. No one's pure until they get to heaven. We're all working on our struggles, our pride, our jealousy, our chit-chat, or gossip, whatever it may be, our impatience. The fruits of the Spirit, aren't they? Patience, joy, love. We're working on all these things. But God wants to purify you like gold. Allow him to purify you like gold. It's a process. We need to get rid of the stuff. I love this verse in Haggai. The prophet Haggai in the Old Testament. Chapter 1, verse 2 to 8. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. The people Israelites. And the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. 
Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your nice paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? That is God's temple, which was destroyed. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. It was like my wallet that does at the moment. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains, bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. Keep that up there, that verse. Who wants to go up to the mountains and bring down the best timber for your houses right now? If you allow God in your life, he will take pleasure in it. The Lord Almighty will take pleasure in your lives. God of all creation, he wants to take pleasure in your, your body, in everything you do. He will take pleasure. He wants to live in you. But he wants to get rid of the stuff too so he can make way for him. Come on. Make way for him. And he will be honoured. Honour him in everything you do. And you will live an amazing life. I'm telling you, God's life, God's plan for your life is better than the world's. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit is a holy guest. If the queen visited your house, you would clean your house. I'll take the bricks off the carpet for the queen. You You would accommodate the queen in your house. Why not accommodate the king? In your homes. Get rid of the stuff. He deserves place of honour your, at your table. You know. And in the final part of this passage. Verses 49 to 52. About purifying the house now it's been rebuilt. To purify the house. The priest he is to take two birds some cedar wood, and scarlet yarn and hyssop. He shall kill one of the birds over fresh water in a clay pot. Then he is to take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet yarn, and the live bird, dip them into the blood of the dead bird and the fresh water, and sprinkle the house seven times. He shall purify the house with the bird's blood, the fresh water, the live bird, the cedar wood, the hyssop, and the scarlet yarn. Then he is to release the live bird in the open fields outside the town. In this way, he will make atonement for the house and it will be clean. There's a sacrifice there, you see. There's a blood sacrifice again. The live bird. And in Leviticus 17, a few chapters later, God says this in Leviticus 17, verse 11. For the life of a creature is in the blood And I've given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So the blood of the bird was the atonement to purify the house, to make it clean again for the Lord's presence. It is the blood of Jesus that can allow the Holy Spirit to live in us from all the garbage and sin. And when I think about all the stuff I did, I want to give him everything. Enable Jesus to clean your house right now.
Make way for him. We're going to see the glory of God in this building one day, I tell you. In a mighty way than ever before. We see it every week. But it's going to be an unprecedented time when his spirit will pour out across churches of the nation where there's one heart, one voice, seeking purity and holiness in a way that's never seen before. A time is coming, but individually we need to come in on fire for God from your homes. When the revival King David went to get the Ark of the Covenant in 2 Samuel, he had to go to the house of Obed-Edom first because the revival started in the house of Obed-Edom. And then he brought the presence of God into the community of Israel. And we need to do the same thing. We need to take the presence of God in our homes, in our bodies, the glory, the work of God in our individual lives and bring it into the church as one single voice raising an army of Jesus right now. And then the oil is going to be poured out in an unprecedented time. It's going to happen. And I'm hungry and thirsty for it. But as we said at the beginning, who can stand in the holiness of God? A heart that's ready gives us a better chance and can understand his holiness. Jesus. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.